Welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. My name is Andre, and I am here today with the on and only Duke Valent, our resident basketball expert. As you guys know, we cover the Euroleague and the main FIBA events during the summer. Today, we continue our World Cup coverage. This time around, we will be breaking down the Group D. Welcome to all the new listeners joining the podcast for the first time and a special shout out to our lawyer followers. Duke, are you ready to get to it? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, let's start it off with Group D today. So let's go. On our World Cup coverage, we will be bringing you previews of every group Monday, Wednesday and Friday until August 25 when the tournament starts. The group D has two European teams, Lithuania and Montenegro, Mexico and Egypt, and it promises to be a competitive one where the team needs to take care of business or they might find themselves in trouble as the competition evolves. If you guys are new to the FIBA World Cup and uh, new here to the European Hoops podcast, I suggest you to listen to the beginning of our previous episode with uh, our preview of Group B as we break down the competition format. We start our preview with Montenegro. They are on their second World Cup appearance with uh, their best result being a 25th finish in the 2019. A peculiarity regarding Montenegro regarding this uh, World Cup uh, tournament was that uh, until this World Cup they were the smallest nation to ever qualify to the World Cup that title now becomes to Cape Verde that qualified to, to this edition of the World Cup last time around they won only one out of the five games that they played. Can they improve on that mark? I'm confident that uh, they will, but we will get to that uh, shortly. We will start by highlighting two players that uh, will be key for the, this team aspirations. The Chicago Bulls center Nikola Vucevic and the six-feet tall guard Kendrick Perry that uh, will be key pieces for Montenegro to improve on their previous performance in the competition. Diogo, the floor is yours to break down the leader of this team, Nikola Vucevic and the guard Kendrick Perry. Yeah, so Vucevic, obviously, uh, he's known around the world as an NBA player and one of the best bigs in the NBA. Um, his ability to stretch the floor and to, to come outside and shoot the three. Uh, his ability to, to pass as well uh, out of the post and even on the backdoor cuts if he's uh, on top of the key. So he's a very good center and he should be able to, to put up big numbers in this tournament. And then Perry, um, a, a, a very good playmaker. Uh, he had a pretty good run with Montenegro in the Eurobasket last year. So I expect these two guys to be very, very important for them and to, to lead them uh, throughout this tournament. So I think there are key pieces here. And I think they are able to, Vucevic uh, coming to play uh, in the World Cup because he didn't in Eurobasket last year. I think he should be able to put Montenegro on a, on another level and I think they're going to have a pretty good turn. Aside from Vucevic and Perry, Bojan Dublovic is certainly a crucial player for the success of this team and Marko Simanovic is a player that I expect to be impactful and I want our listeners to keep an eye on him, especially our listeners that follow us during the Euroleague season as he will be, for me, potentially a pleasant surprise on the next edition of the Euroleague. Montenegro starts the World Cup against Mexico on the 25th of August, playing next on August 27 against Egypt and ending the first phase on August 29 with a match against Lithuania that can potentially decide the winner of this group. At the moment, the team led by Bosko Radovic is on the 14th to 17th range on my power rankings heading into the competition, with me projecting them to finish this group in second place, having likely teams like United States and Greece on their path on the second round, teams against whom I don't favor them how far do you see Montenegro going in this World Cup yeah it's pretty similar to to your opinion on them uh, I have them in my top 15 in the power rankings 
Uh, I think it is very possible that they can beat Lithuania. I, I'm going to pick Lithuania for now, but I think Montenegro could could upset them and, and finish first in the group, even though for now I'm going to pick them to finish second. Um, and then on the second stage, obviously, it's going to be tough to to advance to the quarterfinals, but, uh, but I think they're going to be top 16 at least. So, but I think it's a real possibility that they they are able to finish first. But for now, I'm going to have them second in the group. We have many times similar point of views about these uh, national teams and their aspirations, and we will certainly be holding on to the ones that uh, we have more divergent opinions on. But I'm in agreement with you. I I expect Montenegro to be a um, top 16 team on this uh, World Cup. I think that they have a fighting chance against Lithuania as well. We will get to, to our breakdown of Lithuania, so I won't uh, get too much into it right now. But uh, I think that they have a fighting chance to, to compete, to, to come out on top of this group. Although I also have them as the, the second team on the, this uh, group. And from Europe, we move to America, as we now will talk about Mexico that uh, will have their sixth World Cup appearance with their best result happening in 1967 when they ended in eighth place. They arrived at this World Cup after registering eight wins and four losses uh, on the qualifiers. On this episode, we will be highlighting Paco Cruz, the 6'2", 33-years-old guard. Diogo, is Paco Cruz the most important player of this Mexican roster and why is he worth uh, highlighting? I mean, he is certainly one of the most important players for sure uh, obviously a veteran he, he has experience he's a good scorer and a good shooter uh, i think he should be one of the the main options for mexico in this tournament and uh, i think he, he's going to be able to put up some some good numbers because uh, mexico is not a, a great team all around so i think he can stand out on that team for sure uh, but yeah, I think he's going to be kind of the leader of that team and I think he's going to have a big impact on them. They rely on an experienced backcourt of the 37 years old Paulo Stuhl and uh, the 33 years old Paco Cruz that you just highlighted, leading hard-working group of players that never backs down. That gives Mexico a fighting chance with about anyone on this group. They are missing contributors of important players like uh, Juan Toscano Anderson that certainly could help them but they won't be easy to play against and uh, they will keep fighting from start to finish for each game. The team led by the head coach or Mark Intero first game comes against Montenegro and uh, that might be a key game for the American team if they want to aspire to move into the second round and to, to play for the top 16. I favor Montenegro as we both just mentioned we expect Montenegro to finish in second place and I think that their superior talent makes me favor Montenegro to win and I don't believe that Mexico will be able to match the powerful and talented front court from the European team and then on August 27th they play against Lithuania and on August 29th they play against Egypt, a game that can also be decisive. If uh, Mexico can compete with the top teams, they will need to take care of business with against other teams and they end the, with Egypt and they will want to go into the second phase with wins to try to, to end this edition of the World Cup as high as possible. In terms of talent that this Mexican team is a step below the European teams of this group against whom I don't favor them projecting them to finish in third place within the group on my poor rankings Mexico is on the 24 to 27 range as I expect them to be in the fight for the top 24 finish but a step below in terms of talent to other teams that I have also on this range what about you? What do you expect from Mexico during this World Cup? Yeah I agree with you uh, I think they can finish third in this group but uh, I don't see a way 
where they can compete with both Montenegro or Lithuania. Uh, I have them bottom seven in my power rankings. Uh, I think they're going to be able to compete with those like uh, from the range of 20 to 30 teams, but I, I just don't see a way where they can advance. So I think it's going to be tough for them to, to compete with these European teams on, on that group. But, uh, but yeah, I agree with you. It's going to be tough for them, but I expect them to finish around 24 to 28, maybe. So we have them in the same range, but we will get to Egypt and to Lithuania in a moment. But if the team that, uh, in my opinion, puts the, the second place or a top two finish for Montenegro at risk within this group would be Mexico. So let's let's do the, the hard work of trying to figure out how Mexico could beat Montenegro on the, on their game and aspire to, to move into the top 16. For me, it would be a lot about their guards to be able to overwhelm uh, Montenegro backcourt and uh, to make it a shutout where any of the teams can uh, can win. What I expect to see is something differently. I expect the Montenegro frontcourt to totally dominate this game and Mexico to not have uh, the ability to compete with them inside. Do you think that um, there is a chance that this backcourt uh, can overwhelm Montenegro's backcourt and uh, give them a fighting chance? Is there is there a scenario where we can see Mexico, for example, having a competitive game at the very least against Montenegro? Uh, I don't, uh, unfortunately, because obviously I, I want the games to be the most competitive as possible. But uh, I really don't, because with Perry on the other, on the other side, uh, I just think he's gonna be uh, he's gonna have the ability to to break down the defense and to to kick it out for shooters or even for the bigs, because both Dublovich and Vucevic can shoot. So I just think Montenegro overall is a much better team, and obviously with those two bigs um, killing, killing, uh, killing it on the paint, like inside, uh, I think they're just better. And with Perry being the the best guard on the floor, in my opinion, uh, I think it's going to be tough for Mexico to to overcome that. Yeah, that's where I get to as well, and that's why I don't favor them to to have a real shot at the top two. They might surprise, but I think that even in the backcourt, they don't have the best player there. I think Perry is the best player on the backcourt in this uh, uh, matchup, and the superiority of talent of Montenegro is too big for them to overcome. But next on the docket, we have Egypt, that are on their seventh World Cup, having finished fifth in 1950. In the qualifiers, they ended with eight wins and four losses, what allowed them to return to the big stage of FIBA competitions. Egypt was on the World Cup for the last time in 2014, finishing with uh, no wins and five losses. Can they improve this time around? We are about to find out, but before that, it is time to highlight a player that for us is a key player for this Egypt national team, Amrel Gendi. Diog, tell us why is he a key player of this roster? Well, uh... First of all, he should be the team leader just based on his experience and his veteranship. So I think he's going to be able to use that to, to help this group uh, to, to try to compete, uh, at least with Mexico. And I think they're going to be able to compete with Mexico. And that should be a, a fun game to, to figure out who can come out on the third spot. But uh, as far as Montenegro and Lithuania, I mean, uh, it's similarly to Mexico, man. I, I just don't see it because I, I don't think they have enough talent to compete at that level. And uh, I think both Lithuania and Montenegro will be locked in to, to try to get the first seed because I think it's a real possibility for both. So uh, I just don't see Egypt being able to compete at that level. But uh, Amar Gendi 
should for sure be the leader of that team and should try to to, to help those guys uh, come up and, and try to compete at, at, as best as they can. Getting scoring ability is one of the, the main traits of this team, for sure. The 31-year-old is one of Egypt veteran leaders that was part of the roster of the Egypt presented on the World Cup in 2014. During the qualifiers, he averaged 12.6 points per game. And in Egypt's final qualifying game against South Sudan, Getty dropped 42 points. The, this is the most points in a single game in the... African qualifiers and the second most in the World Cup qualifiers history. A curiosity of this Egypt roster is that besides other players like Saleh and Marai, they might be adding an interesting big man with the ability to space the floor of Egyptian roots. Patrick Gardner that can give this team a little extra when it comes to competing for wins during this tournament. Egypt head coach is Roy Rana, the FIBA under-19 World Cup champion with Canada. Egypt starts the competition with Lithuania on August 25, two days after they play with Montenegro. And uh, on August 29, they play with Mexico, a game that uh, might have implications in terms of deciding who finishes in third place in this uh, group. I project them to have a bottom four finish in the championship, meaning that I see them ending in fourth on the, the group, as I also don't favor them against potential second-round opponents that they will likely be facing in Jordan and New Zealand. Regardless, I have them on the 28 to 31 range on my personal power rankings, but at top 20 finish is possible if things go right for this uh, team with me giving them a fighting chance against Mexico and Jordan but uh, I find it oh, an unlikely outcome uh, in, at the moment I feel that uh, you are closer uh, than me on them having a chance against Mexico well uh, don't get me wrong I, I have Mexico as the third team but uh, I didn't really enjoy uh, Mexico in their preparation game so far so I'm kind of low on them, but uh, I do think they are better than Egypt. Uh, so I think it could be a competitive game, but uh, I, I'm giving the edge to Mexico for sure. We end this breakdown with Lithuania, the country that is on their sixth appearance, having won a bronze medal in 2010. Lithuania comes onto this World Cup after a disappointing 15th place finish in the Eurobasket in 2022. But in the words of Jonas Valentinus, the leader of this team, this is a perfect summer to bounce back. Lithuania will be trying to do that with players like uh, Sabonis, Ulanovas and Grigonis missing the World Cup. On this episode, we will be highlighting two players we see as key for this Lithuanian roster. The New Orleans Pelican 6'11 big man, Jonas Valenciunas, and the 6'4 guard that plays in the EuroLeague for Barcelona, Rokas Jakubaitis. Why are they the key players of, for this roster, Diogo? Well, Valenciunas, obviously, the, the NBA player, uh, a great rebounder, and he, he has the ability to come out and shoot sometimes. He's not the most consistent three-point shooter, but, but he can do it. And Jokubaitis, uh, as we know him very well from EuroLeague, uh, a young guard that is very good at playing the pick and roll and hitting that mid-range shot. So I think these two guys will be the, the leaders for, for Lithuania on the court. They have another guys like uh, Brezdekis that can also help on the wing. But uh, I think they have a solid team. Uh, like I said, I think Montenegro has a chance against them. But I think Lithuania should be the favorite um, on this group. And I think these two guys are the most important players for sure. The team led by the head coach Kazis Maskvitsis are my favorites to come out of, on top of this group. Montenegro can certainly put up a fight against them, but I think Lithuanian roster 
depth put them in a position to succeed against uh, any of the teams of this group. On the second phase, they should be facing United States and Greece, and they will need to beat at least one of those teams to aspire to reach the quarterfinals. Currently, I have Lithuania in a group of teams that range from 11 to 13 on my power rankings, as they are a team that have a potential good path to fight to be in the medals game, but that I don't expect them to go that far. If they would manage to find their way into the quarterfinals Lithuania would manage to avoid teams like Germany, Australia Slovenia, France, Canada, Spain United States and Latvia, placing them on a potential more favorable side of the bracket. Regardless of that I still wouldn't favor them to, to make it all the way into the quarterfinals. Their backcourt will be key. Ignis Brasikis as you just mentioned gives them a guarantee of good production in the, the wings. I believe that uh, Tadas Sadakerski's ability to produce will be there and uh, on the front court the physicality of Yanis Valanciunas a player like Montiunas and uh, Birutis provide depth and quality but in the backcourt while they don't lack talent they will need consistency in production from players like Jokubaitis and Thomas Dimsha that for me is the key for this Lithuanian team to dream big can Lithuania grab on one of the European slots for the Olympics it will be hard but their side of the bracket can allow them to dream with that outcome I don't favor them to do so but they can they are certainly in the mix to achieve that what about yourself do how far can this Lithuanian team go yeah I I kind of agree with you uh, I think they will advance uh, obviously in the top two in this group uh, either they finish first or second uh, they will advance uh, for now I have them first because like you said uh, the depth and the, the overall roster quality I just think is better than Montenegro but I do think it's going to be close and then on that second stage, getting teams like Greece and the United States, it's going to be very tough. But uh, maybe they are capable of beating Greece. Uh, maybe not. I personally wouldn't pick them to do it. So I, I think top 16 is where they, they should be. But obviously, they should be aiming at trying to get to the quarterfinals. And obviously, like you mentioned, having a, a more favorable side of the bracket if they do get it. So that should motivate them to, to do their best to try to get there. But I just think it's going to be hard because those other teams are, are pretty good. To wrap up this episode, let's look into how we both project the World Cup to go for these four national teams from bottom to top. I have in fourth place Egypt with uh, their game with Mexico being a key for them to aspire to the third place in this group with the firepower of players like Gandhi giving them a fighting chance. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I have them finishing fourth in the group as well. Uh, I think that game against Mexico uh, is the one game they, they might have a chance to steal, but uh, I'm not going to favor them for it, so I'll have them fourth as well. On third place, I rank Mexico. I trust their experienced backcourt of Stuhl and Cruz to grant them at least a third place. And while Montenegro and Lithuania have the superior talent, I give them an unlikely fighting chance against those teams, even if I don't expect them to achieve higher than the third place on this group. Yeah, for me, it's third place as well for Mexico, uh, even though I, I don't give them that fighting chance to, to compete with those teams. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with third. With a, I think there's a more likely chance of them finishing fourth than second. Yeah, I wouldn't totally disagree with that. <laughs> and uh, in second comes Montenegro for me. Vucevic, Simanovic and Dublovic gives them a beast of a front court that uh, can give issues to anyone and Perry provides them the necessary guard play for this team. They can be on the fight for the first but I don't favor them to do so and I expect Montenegro to, to end in second place. 
Yeah, same for me. Uh, for now, for now, uh, I have them second in the group, but uh, I think they can really compete with Lithuania. I think Lithuania has more options, but uh, I really think Montenegro can can compete, and uh, I expect that to be a, a hell of a matchup. But uh, but I'm going to have Montenegro finishing second. I have Lithuania at the top, the top team of this group. Their depth is the key for me here. While I expect that to come up on top in the first phase, their guard consistency will be key for them to dream. <laughs> higher and to go further in this tournament yeah 100 uh, i agree with that and uh, i think lithuania will finish first but uh but they they really need to be locked in against montenegro because that game can be very tricky and that can go either way so uh, i think lithuania is gonna win but uh, that should be a one hell of a game i'm certainly gonna be here for it it's certainly a game to tune in for with this we reach the end of our second episode previewing the World Cup. If you missed our preview of the Group B, go listen to the episode that came out on the past Monday. Friday we will be bringing you uh, our preview of Group F. A reminder that we will be bringing you episodes every Monday, Wednesday and Friday until the start of the World Cup. To not miss out on the, any of our episodes subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itus EuroLeague. My name is Andre and I'll be seeing you guys soon. Bye guys. See you on next episode.